Ladies and gentlemen, we have Connor Steinbrook here, absolute stud, previous online poker master, poker professional, founder of Wolfpack Revenue Share, founder of Investor Army YouTube channel, entrepreneur, founder of multiple companies. Connor, we're super stoked to have you here. Yeah, man. I'm excited to be on the show. You're a... yeah, man. For, first off, your studio is, is is pretty sweet. For anybody that's able to watch this, I encourage you to. There's a pre, it's a pretty aesthetically pleasing background, Connor. But but so, I guess I guess to start, if you could just tell our listeners, you know, how you got into where you're at now and, and that journey early on, and you know, there's there's some ups and downs in your journey, and there's a rock bottom point. So if you could just walk us through what that looked like and and kind of where what you had to go through to get to where you are today. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, like a lot of times people see the stage presence and the results, you know, they know that we have this global organization, million dollar incomes and things like that. They see the outcome, but they don't see the journey to get there. And it was not quick. So people see what we're doing now. We've grown a large real estate organization that's globally operating in every single state in America and 14 different countries. <clears throat> we're going to do well over 10,000 houses this year, but it started with a lot of failure and it started with completely, a completely different trajectory than where you see the outcome going. So what happened really was I started out in college. I went off to the University of Oklahoma in 2003. And as a freshman in college, I kind of had a hobby become into turn into a profession. <clears throat> so I put $20 into an online poker site and started playing for small pennies and $5 buy-in tables. And then I started working my way up to dollars and tens of dollars and thousands of dollars. And before I knew it, I was one of the top online poker players in the world. I was what was called an online multi-tabler. So I'd play 16 to 20 tables at a time. And I play uh, the upper middle stakes and lower high stakes games. And <clears throat> I did very well doing that. And then there was a bad break uh, that I took that was really a tough moment in my life that at one moment I thought was the worst moment in my life. But later I realized it was the best moment in my life, which was April 15, 2011. It was called Black Friday. If you guys want to Google it and look in the historical record, it was uh, basically what happened was the United States Department of Justice seized the big poker sites that were operating at that time. They were kind of a some question great. Gra- I guess gray areas. They were operating offshore on islands through an unregulated industry, and you know what the government does if they don't get get their hands in it, they either regulate or destroy it. And that's kind of what happened. But it was completely blindsided all of us. I woke up that day. Imagine going to sleep today and have been building a business or been building a skill set or strategy or playing sports for ten years, and to wake up the next day without warning is just gone overnight. And it was pretty traumatic because it wasn't just my life; it was all my friends, it was our entire world, and it was my entire identity. And, I had, and your income, uh, right? It was like how you were. Skill set. And so I really didn't yeah. know what I was going to do. <clears throat> so I lost my way of creating an income. And I didn't really want to go get a job. Nor was it, Nobody was really hiring at that time either. So I really didn't know what I was going to do. And I made some bad decisions. I gambled off all my money on and crap, blackjack and craps. I say, if you've been to Windstar Casino at the border, that's why it's so nice. Because they got all my money. And they pretty much built that place. Just kidding. But <laughs> it's tough because I was trying to find a new path in life. And some of you guys may have lost your identity before you tie so much into what you're doing. And then when it's gone, you're, you're lost, right? You don't know who you are and what you're trying to do. And I it got to where I uh, got into a deep, dark depression. I had to move back home with my parents, got a hundred thousand dollars in debt. And actually I got to a point where I almost took my own life. And it wasn't that I really wanted to do it. It's just, I didn't know how to live at the time. And I convinced myself that my best days were behind me and my, my future days were never going to be as bad as big as my past days. And it was a very tough mindset to trap myself in. And then what happened was I actually stumbled into personal education, self-development. One day I stumbled across the black and white recordings of Napoleon Hill's 17 principles of of success. And it led me to think and grow rich, which led me to reading a lot of the well-known personal education books that you guys probably read, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, As Man Thinketh, Richest Man Babylon. Then I stumbled across like 
you know, a lot of the great online mentors, you know, the Jim Rohns, Bob Proctors, Les Browns, Zig Ziglar's, John Maxwell's, and then the current ones all the way up to Tony Robbins and Ed Milet's and PBD's all the way to today. And I went down a heavy, aggressive path of personal education. I'd let myself and personal growth, I'd let myself get out of shape, like 60, 70 pounds overweight, and <clears throat> decided to change my physical body, which was the first thing that started building a strong self-image and respect for myself, which gives you the ability to go out there and take risks. So self-esteem is very important to build guys if you want to build a business. And along the way, I got my insurance license and I decided to get go into real estate and insurance at the same time, but in the investment side of the business. So I got my insurance license and I joined a company called WFG, World Financial Group, which is where Ed Milet's from. So a lot of you guys know Ed Milet. And I started out on the, invest, on the real estate investing side, trying to wholesale houses and flip houses. And I was running out of money. I had no money, but I had time and work ethic in social media. And this is what I think a lot of entrepreneurs need to understand that is, if you want it bad enough, you don't need money to build a business. You need the work ethic to go out there and find the information and start out in a sales business or some type of work ethic business because I was a hundred grand debt, but I was teaching myself how to build WordPress websites out watching YouTube videos. And I was taking private YouTube channels and linking to my websites. And I built the number one lead generation websites for real estate leads uh, in North Texas. I was generating leads for uh, some of the biggest keywords like We Buy Houses Dallas, Sell My House Fast Dallas. And I built a large wholesaling company first. And then I started bringing a lot of working capital. And I started taking down houses to flip them, just like you guys see on HGTV. Started flipping houses, kind of got back financeable, started buying rental properties, realized they weren't as much cash flow as I thought they'd be as far as passive goes. So I started selling a lot of those and transitioning some of those into owner finance notes. And I had a multi-year window where I was really focused on creative financing, creating selling notes, holding partial notes. Then I dabbled in land deals, mobile homes in parks and outside of parks. And I really built a, a decent investment company. <clears throat> Along the way, I started a YouTube channel called Investor Army. And it kind of took off. It became Texas's largest, largest real estate, residential real estate investing channel. And essentially, I was just telling people the problems that I had in my business lifetime and how I solved them. And it kind of took off. And currently, right now, that channel is about a little over 40,000 subscribers. But I wasn't a licensed real estate agent. And what happened was there's a brokerage that you guys know I'm from called EXP Realty, which is a global brokerage opportunity. A lot of the top leaders at the company were reaching out to me to try to get me to come to the company. But there was one problem. I did not have a real estate license. So I didn't see myself as an agent. I saw myself as an entrepreneur really at the time. And I was trying to build other businesses. But what happened was I was blowing this opportunity off for a couple of years. A lot of people reaching out to me. And finally, what happened was I was speaking at a real estate investment conference in Mississippi. The number one guy at our company at eXp, as far as team growth size, was speaking at the same investment conference. And I was put into a speaker's house with this individual for like three or four days. And uh, it's like an Airbnb property. So there's like four or five speakers staying there. And I really couldn't escape. And I was able to, I was kind of forced to see what he was doing. He showed me he was making over $100,000 a month as a residual income stream with barely in a cup, barely a couple of years after joining the company. And it really was like the Wolf of Wall Street movie where it's like, you proved to me that you're making 72K a month. I quit my job. I go work for you. That scene from the diner. It was like, you proved to me that you're making over $100,000 a month in a few years with no debt, no back in tenants management system. I'm going to pivot my goals. I'm going to get my license. I'm going to go build this thing with you all around the world. And that's what happened. I essentially, he proved it to me. I went and got my real estate license. Here we are five years later. And I've matched what he did at that time. And I've actually surpassed it and have a larger residual income than when I actually met him. So it was kind of doors open doors and along the journey. Now there's a lot in between, a lot of suffering, a lot of heartache and a lot of pain, a lot of learning lessons, which we can probably go into. But that's why just pick an outcome that you want in life. It doesn't matter how you're going to get there. You know where you're at right now. Decide where you want to go, what you want to have, what type of life, who you want to become, 
and then show up every day. And along the way, the doors are going to open, the right people are going to come in. You know, this, usually the path you start out in goes this way and zigzags. You probably can't see me, <clears throat> but you, 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 you learn things from the experiences of the first businesses you fail and the first people you blow the relationships with and a few successes. And then along the way, other doors open and finally, whatever's going to be the one that manifests you to your goals will show up and you're going to identify the opportunity at that moment where you couldn't have otherwise. Right. If you didn't go through that first part of your journey. But That's awesome. Wait, so how do you think, just to kind of go back a little bit, how do you think your experience as an online poker player, you know, making a living in that world, you know, a master at your craft, how do you think that shaped your approach to business and, and real estate investing and your entrepreneurial endeavors after everything okay. took a left turn for you? Yeah, a lot. So when you really think about what a poker player is, they're an investor. They're taking right. information available to them at the time in their lifetime in hand, and they're deciding to put their money into play or not, which is what an investor does. A lot of right. them just do it on longer. Most people think investing is like long term, but some people are trading stocks every single day. So you're taking information, knowledge, and wisdom that you've acquired. You're taking patterns and you know everything at the table that you're seeing in live time saying, I'm either going to call, bet, or, or not call, but I'm making an investment right now that I'm so confident that when I make the call here, that I believe that you don't have what you say you have and you're bluffing and I'm investing into this hand essentially. So really you're investing. And so you're learning a lot of stack management and, and poker, meaning, you know, how to control your chips. Don't go too low on your stack. You know, don't go to like how to play with different bankrolls, I guess you could say. But when you get right. into business, you have expenses and you have revenue coming in. It's the same thing. Stacks going up and down, but you're playing with a business stack. So you have incoming and outgoing. So it teaches you a lot of money management. And in leverage, once you have a lot of money, playing with the big stacks, a lot easier to play the small stack. Playing business is a lot easier to play with big stack than it is a small stack. So also it taught me a lot about human dynamics and social dynamics, meaning how to read people's body language, not their words. And so when you're playing poker, you're really studying people's mannerisms, the tonality of their voice, their breathing patterns. And when you're in sales and when you're in communication, a lot of that's the same when you're in communication with businesses and when you're doing big sales or recruiting big agents, you can see you know, their, their level of interest or disinterest based off their body language. And then that was what I learned through, I guess, online or live poker. <clears throat> I played a lot of online poker is really where I made most of my money. And the thing about online poker is you can't see the player. So you can't see their body language. So what you have to do is you have to identify betting patterns and sequences through hand volume and lots of ranges and playing lots of hands with the same people. And when you really think about life in general, especially a business, everything's based off of patterns and sequential order processes. So if you can't create something that can be followed later, like if I just threw you an Ikea desk and there's no directions in it, you might be able to figure it out, but uh, depending on how complicated it is. But if you had the step-by-step instructions, do this one, two, three, four, five, and then it goes together. What that means is you can learn something, teach it to someone else that they can learn it, and then they can reteach it. And if you want to have a business, that's the exact process of understanding what it is. You're the visionary, you're the creator, you're the one that learns what works first, but then to outsource yourself, to scale yourself or to pull yourself yeah. outside of the business to scale it, you have to have people to come in and do the jobs that you need to be done behind you. So you need to have things in your business that are systemized, that are done in sequential patterns so that you can learn it, teach it and have others learn it and teach it to others behind you. That way you can remove yourself and move on to higher, bigger and better tasks in your business to scale it bigger. But uh, a lot of all those, and then just probably the last one, just poker's tough. You're going up and down, taking big swings. You're going bankrupt left and right. And it just taught me a lot of emotional awareness and how to control my emotions because in sports and business, like you see this with people blowing up on the back nine, they play th three days and then the masters and all of a sudden they choke on the last, you know, or they blow that last shot. 
And business is not so much an intelligence test as it is a consistency and, and, and persistency and, and mental control test when you really think about it. And so going broke so many times and having so many rough swings and things like that and bad breaks, it really taught me how to control my emotions because let's say you're sitting at a table and you just lost a big hand. If you can't control your emotions, people know that they're going to exploit your emotions and it's called going on tilt. And in business, the same thing. We, we move people towards their positive emotions away from their negative emotions. And if you don't understand emotional control and emotional awareness, you're going to struggle scaling a high, uh, you know, a high value business. So those are all some things that I think helped lead me, help give me kind of a good foundational starting point to, to do well in entrepreneurship. So, so, you know, poker ends to some level, right? Obviously, I'm sure you still play here and there, I assume. Yeah, for fun every now and then. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not, so, not so, tough, but I, right. So, so the career ends and then you transition into, into, into like a dual sales role, right? And there's a lot of our listeners right now that are kind of in that position right now where they're in growth mode. They may have just made a pivot into some type of sales role, some type of ground level opportunity, opportunistic type of career that allows them to have a nice high ceiling, if, if maybe even not a ceiling at all. But what did those first couple of years really look like for you? Boots on the ground, you know, getting dirty. Like, what did that part look like for you? And then obviously, I, you know, your personal development, I, I assume was a big product of a lot of that acceleration, right? But what did that day to day look like for you the first couple of years? Yes. So if I could go back, I would have done a lot different. I would have gone into a sales type profession. I would have gone into something like network marketing, sales of any type, sale of insurance, sale of real estate, something that I could trade my time to create an income that wasn't a high volatility, high liability, expensive type of risk business. So I, I decided to go straight into real estate investing, which has a, a run rate, meaning a monthly expense that I have to kind of overcome. So I have marketing costs. I have the expenses to like raise money to do deals. So every month I was going backwards like five grand. Whereas in a sales business mm. that you're just showing up with your work ethic, let's say you have a database and they're giving you lists or leads or whatever. It's just your calling. You don't have that, that net net backwards feeling, which is really the difference between a lot of businesses. Some are high risk and have a, a tough monthly backward pull. And so the first th big mistake I made was I overpaid for education. And, you know, like I believe education is the most important thing, but I believe the right education is. And I paid like 35 grand to go through one of these big online or uh, stage selling gurus. And I got kind of got tricked into it. And they're basically frauds and scam me in a way <clears throat> for the most part. I mean, they gave me some information, but I probably could have got it for free on YouTube or for $500 in home study course. So that kind of put me into a hole from the start. So I'd say, guys, for you, I, I know the pressure. I know you want to win. And I know you think that's the path. Sometimes it is, but rarely do, does a high ticket price point education process work, especially in the beginning of your business. I would wait for that to be later in your business when you have money before you type, start taking that type of risk. So I did that, kind of put me into debt right away. Then I made a bunch of bad marketing decisions. The first big marketing mistake I made was I sent out a bunch of postcards. I've dropped 10 to 15 grand on direct mail before I built my skill sets on communication and conversions, converting once the phone call came in. So what happened was I was generating all these leads I paid a lot for, but I get the phone call and I didn't know how to take it from a phone call to a contract because I hadn't studied communication and closing yet. And I wasted all these leads where if I had practiced and I know what I do now, I would have made a ton of money with those leads, but I couldn't monetize the contract to get it to a contract. So I'd say the first thing is if you're brand new guys, aggressively educate yourself on communication. That's the center of everything that comes behind it because raising money, acquiring, recruiting and things like that all come from communication. So I made a bunch of mistakes. I got a hundred grand debt. And then part of that was because I found some bad partners and I had partners steal from me. So be careful. 
with the people you choose to work with and how much you're putting up for education. And I think about the order of skill sets that you want to build and starting with communication. So I kind of got myself in a bad spot and I wasn't a flex because now I guess it's cool to work hard. I mean, it's, when I was doing it, I worked 1100 days straight to get out of debt. So I started wow. my business from day one. I went 100 grand debt. 1100 days later, I broke even. I thought. And on that day, basically, it was when, within like a week of that day, I thought I got out of debt. I realized the partner stole over $30,000 from me and I went right back into debt. And the reason why I tell that to y'all is so that you can understand that you're seeing the outcome of where I'm at now. I want you to understand the journey I went through. Most people won't work three weeks without getting a check before they quit something. Three months, right? in three years, you know? So like I worked basically three and a half years of my life to break even from where I started. All that time, stress, uh, you know, all those punishments that people would say were actually blessings because it created the person that I am now that gave me the ability to be strong enough to hold the strength that I carry, uh, to the strength to carry the business that I carry now, if that makes sense, because <clears throat> you can't get to the next level without beating the first one. I think people want shortcuts. You're going to have to struggle a little bit, guys. You're going to have to have some heartaches and you're going to have to have struggles. So you're going to get beat up a lot of times at the beginning of your businesses and be patient. And if you're going to quit in the first six months of starting something, don't even try to start because that's like quitting your freshman year of college for your own future and your own freedom. So that's kind of uh, how my business kind of started out where it was not going well. It was not easy and it started out pretty bad. And then what happened was I found some really good local mentors. I offered to work for them for free. This is a very good tip to give you guys that high level and high valued entrepreneurs, they have a lot of money. What they don't have is a lot of time and they have stressed out emotions. So if you want to get a great mentor, don't go to them and say, I'm going to help you make money or how do you want to do a partnership deal? Go to them with the mentality of how you can save them time and help them remove emotional stress. And that's how you're going to get into the front door with a lot of them. So what I did was I reached out to some of the biggest names in my local market that ran large REI clubs, real estate investment clubs. And I offered to save them time and stress and work, work for them for free, run the club, run the front desks, you know, check people in. And what that did was it developed a strong relationship because I was helping them do what they wanted or get the things they needed done without extra time. And then they respected the upcoming entrepreneur, which is w what would be you, because we see ourselves in the upcoming generation, just like you see yourself and your children. And, you know, I like want to help young entrepreneurs, just like a lot of you guys that are in my stage here do as well. And they opened up a lot of doors by introducing me to a lot of relationships and contacts. And now those contacts and relationships built into other ones And the networking process gave me, helped me build a network out. And that's kind of uh, really kind of where I started having a lot more help as compared to like, you know, those fake gurus I was paying. Now I have real entrepreneurs, real mentors in my local market. And that was probably the really big game changer where things kind of took off for me is once I started having seasoned local investors really kind of helped me. And that's when I got into investment business. They helped me along the way. And then everything just kind of compounded from there. That's awesome. So what's one piece of, you know, one piece of advice you wish you got before you started investing in real estate to begin with? Like what's some, what are some things you, you think about? You're like, if I knew that back then when I started uh, getting into real estate, I'd be better off. Like what's, what's one piece of advice you wish you had? Yeah, there's a lot of them. Number one contracts. A lot of them are scared of contracts and they don't want to learn them. The more you learn your paperwork, the more you learn your contracts, the more control and more leverage you're going to have. And I didn't use contract on my first deal and I trust somebody to honor what they said. And that's kind of how I got burned a couple of times is I just in my mind said I would never screw someone and steal from someone. And I didn't protect myself in those spots. So I should have learned where I was doing a little bit more. 
I would say time management for sure. Understanding that in the real estate business, you need to learn protecting, guarding your time, meaning it's a very, I don't want to say this, you drive a lot. And what a lot of people do is they waste a lot of time by hearing someone calling you saying, hey, you want to come check out my house? And they get in the car, they drive 45 minutes there, say it's tomorrow when you've had the meeting and you get there and they're not there. So uh, appointment confirmation, I learned a lot of hard lessons in the beginning because I was already struggling. And there was a lot of times when I went out to properties that if I just simply confirmed that they were going to be there, I wouldn't have wasted an hour or two. And so those were some pretty hard days. And 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 that's just kind of like a one part of like time management, like and planning your day a little bit better, meaning planning your day ahead of time. So when I wake up now, instead of just winging it, showing up and saying, hello world, I know I'm running my business today, but I'm waiting for a phone call to come in or an email to come in. That's reactionary. So I learned mm-hmm. how to be a, run a, a non-reactionary business. And I think this is where a lot of people struggle is if a phone call comes in, they feel like they have to pick it up. So guys, I want to tell you, it's not rude to not pick up. It's only rude to not call back. And then you need to decide if you want to call back. But just because you're going to pick up a phone or just because coming in doesn't mean you pick it up. You're giving up control of your day to somebody else. And so in the beginning, mm. I picked up every call, called everybody, answered every email. And now I do it on my time. So if people call me, I'll look at it. But if it's not my schedule, I'm not doing it until a certain part of the day. So before my day, I look at my set schedule. So this is in our schedule. I have a podcast after this. I have a couple other masterminds of things I run. And so I have my set schedule for the day. And in the morning when I'm either going to the gym or I'm preparing, I'm, I'm filling in the gappage of my day. Meaning, so after this one, I have a podcast after it, but I want to think about the transition from task to task because a lot of people don't have what's next planned. And so there's a lot of time wastage throughout people's days for the efficiency of their day by not having their day planned ahead of time. And then I also would have learned that, that so like I do when I... I have a, uh, what I call HLAs and LLAs. I learned this from a man named Tony Jerry, high leverage activities and low leverage activities. So I have the most important things I need to do, but I have a list of all sorts of one to, to three to five to 10 minute tasks that's here that need to be done maintenance tasks that let's say for some reason, y'all didn't show up here on this podcast today. And I have this hour gap instead of going, what do I do now? Should I just go get lunch? So I try to figure out what to do. I just pull out the list. And I'm right into it, knock them out, boom, 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 boom. And then I go right to my next task. So I don't have any frustration for missed meetings because it's almost a gift that I can catch up on some stuff I'm behind on. Yeah. But a lot of where my time messed up, a lot of what slowed me down to get to where I am now is not planning my days, wasting time in spots that I didn't realize I was wasting so much time until later. So I start thinking strategically about how to plan your days, plan your weeks, batching things, and just coordinating your time a lot better because that's where I think I'm messed up a lot. Well, and, and I imagine you haven't gotten to where you are today alone, right? So, you know, I, I assume you've probably leveraged the power of teams and building out a team and, and talk to us about what that's looked like and the evolution of, of really delegation and, and, and the power of not being reactive in your life and allowing to, you know, that delegation sometimes maybe even play a role in some of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my big business right now, I have a, a real estate team that we have over, over 2,800 agents. And the wow. way I built this was kind of on a three-step process. So first, I had to teach myself how to attract agents and recruit agents myself. That was level one. And this is you can apply this to a lot of businesses. Level two is I have to remove myself from that activity, but we still have to grow the business. So I need to train people to go recruit agents. So first, I had to build a skill set of agent attraction, learn how to do this, learn how to convert, learn how to do it well. Then I need to teach that to my partners so that they can go do it. Now I'm developing my leadership skill sets while they're developing their agent traction skill sets. And then level three is I need to teach those leaders that were going out the recruiting agents to teach them how to teach those new agents to go do the same. So it's a three-step process, but this is how that you can build a big business, step yourself out of it, 
And so depending on what business model it is, now you can go sell the business because it's got leadership teams growing. It's not revolving around you because if the business just revolves around you, you can't really sell it. And then also you can't remove yourself from it to handle higher, you know, the more important activities that you need to along the way. So we're in a, if you want to think of it in a way, you, you want to think of your business as a long-term strategy to retire yourself from the current position you're in and replace it by the person that's coming up behind you. And this is really how like a big business is built. But that's that's one thing. Remind me, remind me what the first part of your question was. Just like, yeah, just what your team looks like and the power of delegation and controlling your life. It just, yeah. So the first thing I started doing was you can either delegate to a human or you can delegate to technology or systems. So now you got AI, right. you got funnels, you got emails, like all sorts of leverage systems. But the first thing I started doing was people asked me, you know, should I bring on virtual assistant or should I hire someone? When do I need to know? Or when, when, like, when should I do this? And you'll know when you need it because you're overwhelmed at that moment. So it also depends on where you're at with time and money. If you have a little bit of money, bring on someone early. But if you don't have a lot of money, back that off and work your business with your time until your time's so stressed. But um, a virtual assistant's three to ten dollars an hour, depending on what skill sets they do. And this was one of the biggest game changers for me in my business was I brought on my first virtual assistant. And then as I started uh, scale, then their time got leveraged out too much. We need to bring on another one. So I had another one come on and then another one. And they actually know each other. And that one, so she brought on her cousin and they brought on a local kid that was there. And before we knew it, we had a team of like seven virtual assistants working in a shared office over there in the Philippines. But this was a, a game changer for me as far as delegating things off that were tasks that are repeatable on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. So what I yeah. think about is this, as your day goes through, as you go through your day, set your alarm to go off every hour on the hour. So 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., 12 a.m. It's one of the best delegation tricks and tips I've ever been taught by a man named Mitch Steven. And so what this does is, it's, so when your alarm goes off, let's say it goes off at 2 p.m. today, I'm in the middle of doing something. I could be eating, I could be in a sales call, I could be doing an email. It's going to snap you back in the moment of present, to be present at that moment. And you ask yourself this question, is the task that I'm doing right now, the what I need to be doing as a business owner, is this the highest and best use of my time? Or should this be done by someone else that I can delegate this off to? And then start creating a delegation list. So let's say I'm just copying, posting social media posts, or I'm scraping an email list or something like that. Well, that's not that important for the business owner to do. But let's say I'm in a, doing a podcast like this. I can't delegate this off to a virtual assistant. But also what happens is people float throughout the day. They wake up. And if they don't have their day structured like that, what happens is a phone call comes in. This comes in and they're going one direction. All of a sudden, they veer off left, veer off right. And now that the end of the day is there, they work 12 hours, meaning their body was there. But did they get anything accomplished? And they 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 do what's called work procrastination, meaning they're not procrastinating. They're actually they're present. They're putting the hours in, but they're moving their coffee cup around. They're not actually moving the needle for increasing activities. So well said. I did that strategy for a while to, to delegate things off and then have virtual assistants come on to take off. And I would say anything in your business that's going to be done over and over and over that doesn't have a high risk of losing money with it. You want to delegate that off to a virtual assistant. And then as you scale your business, that's when you're going to bring on in-house employees like real W2 employees and things like that to, to kind of take the next level. Sure. So, so the next level, what, what does the future hold? What's the vision for, for Connor? What do you, where do you see your world evolving to? And, and, and what are some, some fun projects you, you're working on maybe? Yeah, we got our real estate team here, about 2,800 plus agents. So the big goal is 10,000. So we're going to push hard to get to there. I'm still buying properties and still doing some of the investment stuff, just not as active as my main 
you know, I used to flip like eight, 12 houses at a time. I'm not doing that like I was, but I'm still acquiring real estate. Long term, I want to invest in startups, induce like venture capitalism. And so, um, you know, I've learned a lot along the way. And so I can identify where people are pretty easily in their business journey. So I can see a lot of these young kids coming up. So part of the success I've had here at eXp is I look at myself as like the, you know, like high school recruiter or a college recruiter or someone that went to like Cuba and saw this kid throwing 104 on the sandlot. It's like, I got to bring this kid back. And so like, I have a pretty good idea of seeing who, who's, where they're at and who has potential. And I'm going to put money behind a lot of these kids and invest in their businesses. And then as far as like, just like a passion hobby or project. So this is the cool thing about building a residual income stream, guys, that if you build it big enough, you have time and money freedom, not just money freedom. And so when I was little, I know it's a little weird. I don't know why I'm attached to this hobby, but I started bass fishing uh, with my dad, my uncle, my cousin. And every day after school, I get done with school and go straight to the pond. I'm fishing. And as I got older, you know, I, I did this a lot growing up, you know, girls, parties and college kicks in. And I kind of stepped away from it for decades, really. I'd fish on and off. But then when the pandemic happened, everybody's locked in. I was like, I got hell out of here. <laughs> got to get outside and start fishing. <laughs> right. Right. Kick back in the savage fishing addiction, I guess, that I've been buried for years. And I got real back into really back into it. And at the same time, I'd seen, heard some guy that was a business owner talking about like now he's successful enough that it allowed him to go back and chase his childhood goals and dreams. Mm. So, like on those like fill out questions in second grade when people were like, I want to be an astronaut or dentist, it was bass fisherman. So, I just ordered a Camus 21, a CX 21 Pro bass boat, which is pretty much, it's like, it's sick. It's coming in like next week, actually. And I will be fishing in some of the Bassmaster Opens going forward, which is my childhood dream. And I'm going to uh, go chase that a little bit. So that's so fun. So that's a pretty cool thing that you get the opportunity if you uh, struggle through all that suffering and pain for long enough. The, the light opens up at the back end of the tunnel. And you can have uh, the ability to go do things like that in your life. That's beautiful. So I guess what's a way that we can follow your journey? What's a way we can connect with you? How can our listeners, you know, touch base with you, connect with you, follow your journey? So if you're, Want to get into the real estate investing side of the business, probably go check out my YouTube channel called Investor Army. That's where all my real estate, residential real estate investing content set. My newer channel is more based on entrepreneurship in general, on uh, just all sorts of different things, uh, mindset, personal education, self-image, marketing, raising money, all these different things. That's my new channel, which is just my personal name, Connor Steinbrook. And then you guys can follow me on Instagram. I never really did too much on IG, but about a year ago, I started putting a little time into it. So that's probably uh, the easiest place to find me. So Instagram, Connor Steinberg YouTube channel, or, or Investor Army. I don't really sell anything. I do train our team pretty in-depth on lots of different things. I give out all my coaching, all my courses, like my social media academies, like my YouTube course, my house flipping academy, my team building courses, and all this. We give this to all our partners. So the main thing I'm doing is getting out there on podcasts and get a little bit more out there to expand our brand here with the Wolfpack. And I'm looking for great partners. You don't have to be you know, 50 years in the business, you guys can be brand new all the way up to the most seasoned broker in your marketplace. So we're looking for brokers, team leaders, top influencers, all the way to down to brand new agents. And we built our Wolfpack system out in a way that we can really accommodate and help pretty much anybody depending on where you're at and what you're trying to accomplish in your business. So that's really the main thing. If you guys, for any reason, gravitated or connected to me for any reason through this, just reach out to me and we'll talk about your real estate business. And if it makes sense to come partner with us, and I can show you kind of behind the scenes of what we're doing with our Wolfpack organization here at EXP Realty. That's beautiful. And what do I have to live in a certain state? Like, do I have to be geographically located somewhere to collab with you? Or what's that look like? No. So 
to get Beautiful. everything I give out and to get access to me as a personal partner. And I'm not like some guru or coach. You're actually going to be building a business with me. I work with my partners. So I, the courses I give you guys are not to sell and, and, and never hear from you again. They're taught to teach you how to win in business. So you, if right. you want to partner with me and grow your organization, you just have to have a real estate license anywhere that EXP operates. So we're in all 50 states, every Canadian province, and we're in 23 countries now. We're growing into so many countries so fast. So Amazing. You need a sales license to represent buyers and sellers in the actual market that you're living in. So you can only represent, like, sell a house for someone else if you have, like, a Texas real estate license. But if you have a real estate license anywhere because we have a referral system in the business and the EXP works through a giant referral sharing system, you can partner with me anywhere. So you can be in Alaska, you could be with me in Florida, uh, London, Dubai, all these different markets. You just need to have a single operating real estate license. You don't pay me anything. My brokerage is $85 a month. And then you get all our coaching systems, training systems, and me as your direct partner. So um, that, that's great. Kinda, you just need a single license, no geographical restrictions or anything like that, just somewhere. That's great. So last question, I promise here, right? But uh, the question we like to ask all our guests towards the end, it's a little corny, but it's what does consistency mean to you? <clears throat> and how does that show up in your life? Yeah, consistency is everything because especially if you're going to build a business. So uh, uncertainty creates, so uncertainty creates a lack of energy focus, creates fear and all sorts of problems. So when we don't have certainty of what's coming, which is why there's a lot of fear in the world right now with the pandemic and all this stuff, people didn't know what's coming. So that's why they got so stressed out. But what creates, what kills uncertainty is consistency. So let's say I'm running a team and I'm showing up consistently every single Monday at this time. So I've run a mastermind call for five and a half years. I've been there every single week, except for a couple where I had someone else come run it. There's certainty now that I'm going to be there. My team does not have to guess if they show up Monday at this time, will I be there or not? But what if I'm not? What if I'm there two weeks and off two weeks and then I'm there a week and then gone for three weeks? I'm creating uncertainty with the group I'm building. And they're saying, is this even real? You know how it, it, they can't get behind the, they can't get behind someone that's not convicted. So, so consistency mm crucial for creating certainty if you're running something where people follow you. And then consistency is also incredibly important as far as creating habits that you can live by and creating a paradigm, you know, having the right paradigms and consistency um, can be looked at in lots of different ways. So you could, let's say, as far as like how you're going to learn, do you want to learn, let's say studying one hour every single day, or do you want to study for like 10 days in a row, or do you want to put 10 hours in in one day? So the consistency of putting a lot of work in education in a short condensed time frame, being more consistent in the beginning instead of taking long gaps between, let's say I read one chapter of a book and then I waited two months and read another chapter, you save a lot of time. So, so you identify patterns and sequences which are crucial for sports or business when you're staying more consistent and not having big gaps in between, you know, say like you're trying to write a book. For example, this is a good example. My first home study course took me nine months because I was like, I'm just going to put film a few videos each month and over time I'm going to do it. And I realized every time I did that, I had to go back and remember where I was at, how to make it flow. And it was just crazy. So the next one I did in nine months, still a little bit. And the next one I did in nine weeks. So I just condensed everything down and stayed super consistent on that current goal that I had. And I blocked everything else out. But um, also consistency to what you promise yourself and what you promise your partners is, is incredibly important. So what if I'm telling Landon here, all right, man, I'm going to meet you and your agent for lunch at two today. And then I don't show up. So there's no consistent pattern of me saying, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And if you don't do what you say you're going to do to your partners, 
they lose respect for you and they won't follow you and they and they won't you're never going to have a consistent business I mean people showing up with consistent work ethic and energy and then if we don't have a consistent belief system that we follow and and, and consistently hold our promises to ourselves let's say i'm going to go to the gym at seven in the morning and then all of a sudden i don't go now i just broke the promise to myself and what that means is now i can't even trust myself and so without consistency you don't have certainty and without certainty you don't have people who will put a risk take a risk with time energy and money so consistency breeds certainty and certainty breeds energy and energy can go out there and build a business. And so it's, it's crucial. And I would just say also to get to your goals, if you really want to build something big, this is how, all you have to do. Know what you want to do and you wake up and you consistently work all day, every day until you get there. It is literally that simple. It sounds, you know, it's, people are complicated. It's literally showing up every single day, going for exactly what you want to have happen in your life, keeping it consistently focused in the mind and never stopping until it happens, no matter how bad the vision looks like it's not going to fall through. Because many times it looked like I wasn't going to make it, looked like I was going to go bankrupt, looked like it was all going to fall apart. And I just stay consistent and showed up every single day. And if you do that long enough, the world gets out of your way and you will get your goals. But, um, Beautiful. That. Beautiful. Connor, I know our listeners got a ton out of this interview. We, we can't be more grateful to have you on. Yeah. Absolute blast getting to hear your story. I know we, this isn't the, this isn't the last time we connect for sure. We'd love to have you come back on in the future. You know, other than that, man, it's been great having you on and, and we'll be touching base soon. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I hope you guys learned something and on to the next one. <laughs> Absolutely.